the welcome. Glad you're here. Welcome to another Fishmonger live stream. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dansfish.com. It's good to be with y'all on this Wednesday night. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. So for those that don't know where that is, <laughs> that's 9 Eastern Time, 6 Pacific. And um, just if someone could shout out, let me know that the sound is okay. We haven't had any problems for a long time, but want to just make sure. And as we get started here, I just want to give one little reminder. I know that folks are going to be tempted to uh, get all into politics and stuff. This is not the place for that. Just a friendly reminder, this is a fish channel. Uh, this is a reprieve from the politics. So um, you're, you're welcome to get into all the politics you want, any way you want, just not here. So just a quick reminder, no politics or you're booted. Okay. So let's all oh, behave. So with that sound is good, says everybody, including candy. Thanks folks. I thought it would be, but, uh, don't want to get a situation where I talk for half an hour and then, and then figure out that you can't hear it. Well, <laughs> I've done that before. So, um, I would like to start with the shipping report like I always do. Everything has arrived alive and as far as I know healthy since we last saw each other. So I love it when I can say that. There was one delay this week. So I shipped a box that was next day delivering. It didn't arrive until the following day. So it took two days in, in route instead of one. Um, that's only, I want to say like the sixth or seventh time this entire year that's happened. So even with COVID and everything, we've had a pretty good track record. So, um, I apologize to the customer that that happened to, I mean, nothing I can do about it, but, um, the good news is they did arrive the following day and everyone seems to be in great shape. So I do pack fish for the long haul. Um, and in fact, it used to be that I would ship priority and I'd use the same packing methods to ship priority. So fish were often in the mail, uh, three days, sometimes four days with priority shipping. So I ship the same way now, even though it's overnight. So everyone should be okay. And they were. So I'm glad that that happened. But I understand the inconvenience. I've been on your side of the transaction. I, I know what it's like to like clear your schedule, maybe take work off um, and then expect a shipment and have it not arrive. And it's like, great. I just took a day off work. Now tomorrow I have to work and I certainly can't last minute take the day off again. So it creates a mess and I get that. So I apologize for the hassle. I wish I had more control over arrival dates, but the good news is this is not normal. It's only happened a few times this year. So even with all the madness, the shipping has been pretty good. Um, so that is the shipment report. No losses to report as far as I know. And uh, let's see here. With that, I want to move on to the giveaway. Tonight, we have a very exciting giveaway. Rick from the Rico Stan YouTube channel right here. And I will link it below. There you go. Has very generously provided the giveaway for tonight. Um, we are going to be giving away two $50 gift certificates to Dan's Fish. So we'll give away $100 worth of gift certificates. So that's basically like $100 worth of free fish that you can use on, on anything at the Dan's Fish store. It also works on shipping. So if you spend, I don't know, 
$25 on, if you win a $50 gift certificate and you spend 25 on, on fish and 25 on shipping, let's say that was it, then the 50 would cover the whole thing. You don't have to spend 50 bucks on fish and then an additional cost for shipping. The gift certificate covers the shipping too. So, um, uh, Rick, AKA Rico Stan. I just want to thank you so much for the very generous giveaway. Uh, thanks for providing that. And I've checked Rick's, uh, Rico Stan's channel out a bit and I think it's fun. I mean, it's pretty new. This is, this is kind of to help, uh, Rico Stan's channel get up and running to, to launch things as, as you can see, it's fairly new, but what I love about this is in this intro video, um, <laughs> you'll see that Rick is wearing a Deadpool t-shirt with like a really nice fancy cardigan. And he talks about that and he's like, that pretty much describes me. <laughs> and I thought that was awesome. Uh, yeah. It's like, that's, that's the kind of character I want to follow. So I'll be tuning in and following that as much as I can. I'm behind on everyone's channels, but I'll occasionally peek in and see what Rick's got going on. But I just love that. <laughs> How do I describe myself? I'm a Deadpool t-shirt with the fancy cardigan. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Um, so we'll do that. In fact, um, I think we're going to break all tradition. And in a few minutes, I'm going to give away the first one to kind of reward the people that are here early, right? And then we'll do another one later in the stream. So I don't usually do that. But since we have two $50 gift certificates to give away, um, yeah, I'm going to reward you folks that are here early because so often... Um, you don't get any, you know, advantage for being early. So we'll do that. The first one will go in just a couple minutes once I'm done kind of the, the intros before we get to questions and comments. So Color Guppy says that Rico Stan has an Instagram as well. Great. Yeah. Go check that out as well. I mean, the guy gave a hundred dollars of free fish to the community tonight. So, uh, Let's take a minute to thank him just by checking out his channel and his Instagram. doesn't cost anything to help. Um, all right. I have something very exciting. Oh, to enter the giveaway. We didn't get to that point, did we? I'm trying to make my hashtags really simple instead of fun and creative. So it's just hashtag RicoStan. So if you enter hashtag RicoStan into the chat, you'll automatically be entered to win um, tonight's giveaway. And... You could have a $50 gift certificate headed your way with two chances to win. So pretty cool. Um, so anyway, hashtag Rico Stan. I wanted to do something like hashtag Rico Suave or hashtag Rico Diculous or something like that. But I, I knew that would make the mods job pretty hard because the mods have, the, uh, have taken it upon themselves to remove hashtags that are wrong because when people get on in the stream, they look for the hashtag to enter. And if they see one wrong, they'll just copy it down, not knowing it's wrong. And then the mods have to go through the whole thing of like, that's wrong and help them out and everything. So, um, yeah. So trying to make it easy. I hear you, Candy. I'm trying to work with you, <laughs> trying to make it good for you. Um, I have something very exciting I want to announce which is we finally have discount functionality up and active on the um, getgills.com marketplace. Um, Jonathan has <laughs> spent a long time working on this. He wanted to have it done next Wednesday, last Wednesday, but um, before he launches anything, there's a whole bunch of testing that's done to, to try to make sure it'll go smooth and not have any bugs or 
or break a different part of the website or affect a different part of the code ne- code negatively or what have you. So it's a lot of work. And um, he sent me a text, I think last night at like 2.15 a.m. his time or 3.15 a.m. his time. And it was like, okay, it's been a couple long nights, but I'm finally done. <laughs> <laughs> so he's worked really hard on it. Thanks for all the sweat equity, Jonathan. Thanks for your dedication for, you know, sacrificing your sleep. I know you have a real daytime job too. So on top of doing all this coding for Get Gills, he's got to be up and ready for his normal job. So um, yeah, it's it's really nice to work with a guy that's willing on occasion to, to do that just to make something happen. But here is the new functionality. So if you go to your store, if you're a vendor on GetGills, this is where this is really going to affect you. Go down here to discount codes. And you can, there's two buttons here. They both go to the same place. They both work. But um, once you have the codes, if you have a long list of codes, it'll be nice to have one at the top and one at the bottom. Right now it looks a little funky, but you can create a code. So if you want to give um, a discount, then you can click here. Describe your discount, put in what whatever the code is. You can make up any code, 10% off. You can make that the code. You can make the code fishy and, and that'll be whatever you want. The percentage you want to discount, um, the discount code to give your customer. How many times you want them to be able to use it. If you don't put anything in here, then it's used forever until you change that. But you can say it can be used five times or whatever you want. Is it just for items? Does it apply to shipping? So you can select that and then select this to activate the code and create it. And then any customer you give this code to will um, be able to go to your GetGill store, purchase items from you and receive that discount automatically as per how you've set it up. So I think it's pretty easy, user-friendly to use. Um, if you have any problems, email me, dan at getgills.com. Um, you can email me at dan at dancefish.com too, but it's kind of nice when GetGill's business goes to the getgills.com uh, email address and customers purchasing from dancefish.com, that all goes to the dancefish email address. It just helps me keep stuff straight. So I think that's really, really cool um, functionality. So to my investors who've been waiting, I will be entering in a investor discount um, for you so that you get a little uh, easy way to get a, a nice thank you for having invested. I know, I know that's been a long time coming. So anyway, I'm excited about that. And thanks again to Jonathan for doing all that work. All right. Now, let's go ahead and do the first giveaway just to thank everyone that's here early. Um, There's already 199 of you. That's pretty cool. So here's what we're going to do. We'll give away the first one. Don't tell anyone because then you have a better chance to win. But after we give away the first one, I'm going to ask you all to share this out. So for the second one, we get a bunch of people in here because I think it'll help Rico stand if we can get a bunch of folks here and get them engaged in the giveaway. It'll help launch his channel and his Instagram and everything. So, um, but for now, let's go ahead and draw. So the first winner of a $50 gift certificate from dancefish.com provided by Rico Stan. Deadpool in a cardigan is Jeffrey Watts. Jeffrey Watts, you have one minute to let us know that you're here and that 
you, um, yeah, that you're here really is all just I'm here or yay or good for me or whatever you want to type. We just need to know that you're here because you do have to be present to win. And then we'll give you that. You have one minute. It's uh, 20 seconds have gone. You're here. All right. So Jeffrey Rotz, Watts, congratulations on winning. Um, if you would send me an email, dan at dansfish.com, then I will email you your gift certificate. Um, I think that's probably the easiest way to work with it. Oh, was I not sharing that the whole time? Shoot. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I thought I was sharing this the whole time. Um, guess I wasn't. But Jeffrey Watts, congratulations on your winnings. Now, there's 211 people here. Um, if you wouldn't mind sharing this out to everyone, um, your ex-girlfriend, you know, what have you, uh, just everyone that you can think of so that we can get more people in here for the second giveaway, uh, draw them in with like, Hey, you could win $50. Um, then I'll do some promotions for Rico Stan as we go through and try to try to help him out. All right. With that, it's time to get to questions and comments. Um, there was a question last week that I simply couldn't get to, and I want to start off with that. And the question was, how do you best store fish food when you purchase it in bulk? We all know that we want to feed our, our fish fresh food because after the container is opened, oxygen seeps into the container, right? And oxygen oxidizes. It basically is very reactive. And so it, it destroys vitamins and minerals and essential nutrients that fish need in humans. If we're talking about human food, just basically oxygen is the enemy to freshness. So if you're going to buy stuff in, let's see, I don't know, like this, what's this? This is uh, five pounds of, of algae wafers, right? Or a big thing of rapashi or I don't know like a big huge thing of spirulina right once you get once you get a certain number of fish um, it doesn't make sense to buy stuff in the small containers anymore so if you're in that boat let me show you how I do it let me just grab something real quick so I can show you I haven't gone anywhere I'm just Reach into my okay. So here's the way I do it. So these are Vibrabytes. I buy them like in, in massive quantities. And what I do is when they come in, so these came in on 5-18-2020. That's when I got these Vibrabytes. When they come in, what I do is I take them out of the container. I put about, I don't know, weeks worth maybe in a little bag. And I put several little bags in a big bag. So I don't know if this is, it's got condensation on it, but there's three little bags in here. They're all sealed. The best way to do it is vacuum pack them and seal them. And then that's put into another bag. So they're double bag. There's eight mils of plastic between the food and out here. So if you do that and then you put it in the freezer, it's great because the freezer, as we know, keeps things fresh. There's no oxygen getting into the food. So no oxygen, ox, oxidization is happening. And when I want to take out a bag, what I do 
is I just take my scissors, I cut the big bag open, I take out one of the small packs of food, okay? I put it in a little container with a screw on top that I, I use to feed around the fish room. It's gonna last a, a week or two in that little container and that's fine, that'll stay fresh for that long. And then I seal this up again with a heat sealer and put it back in the freezer. And so for me, that has been a great way, it's a little bit of work, but it's a great way to keep this food super fresh. And I do that with pretty much all the food that I get in because I, I buy it in bulk. It would be insane for me not to. So I can't remember who asked that question, but they asked it a few times uh, last stream. I didn't get to it and I wanted to. I thought it was a really good question and information that a lot of us could use. So that's my method. So instead of buying just a little container, that you can use before it goes rancid, that you can use in a few weeks. Um, Cause that can get expensive if you have a lot of fish. I would suggest buy it in bulk, save the money, and then do a little work on the back end to individually bag appropriate sized portions that you can open them and they won't go stale before they're, uh, before they're fed through. So that's how I do it. Um, now, with that, let's get to your questions and comments. Um, if you have a question or comment for me, if you'd make it at Dan's Fish, so it highlights, I'll get right to it. Just another quick reminder. I know that it's a very political time in our nation right now, but um, this is a non-political stream. So if you have a hankering to get political on the stream, please don't, okay? It's not the place for it. So you can do that anywhere else, but not here. So just a, just a reminder of that. Grassy Peak is asking, how are the new rice fish doing? So Grassy Peak, I'm about to release the um, Arisius matinensis and Arisius profundicola, the wild um, rice fish, uh, probably this weekend. They're doing absolutely fantastic. So I'm going to let them loose. And then the uh, orange lame and Miyuki whites, or is it Miyaki? Miyuki, Miyuki whites that I got, those will be released this weekend as well. Um, I also got some more lames in. They were labeled as like a blue, but they came in is a mix of like a white lame and orange lame and some are kind of koi, orange and white. So um, those I'm gonna probably just sell as lame rice fish, but those have a couple more weeks, but this weekend we'll be releasing um, four species of rice fish, the two wild types, the Miyuki whites and the orange lame. So that should happen this weekend. And thanks for being patient. I know a lot of folks have been waiting a long time for the Erisius uh, matinensis and profundicola. Um, when I get wild fish in, sometimes it just takes longer to make sure that they're clear of any worms or parasites and that they're fattened up. And basically that they're just used to aquarium life. I don't want to send them to you if they're still like shy and hanging out in the corner or if they aren't vigorously feeding on like flakes and pellets and wafers and things. So some species, it just takes longer to transition to aquarium life. And unfortunately, I can't rush it. The fish tell me when they're ready to go by how they're behaving and how they look. And I wish it was faster sometimes. So sorry that took so long for those wild type rice fish, but I think we're about there. 
they're looking good. And the babies I got from the last batch are pretty big now. Um, they're hanging with the uh, wild adults just fine. They're not going to get eaten anymore. So it's pretty cool that I've got a, some F1s I'm going to hold back for a while. But it's nice to know that the Modenensis and Profundicola can be bred easily in captivity. Jeffrey Watts, thank you, and thank you, Rico Stan. Yeah, this is all Rico Stan. I'm just the pretty face, but Rico Stan, uh, what, what is it? You've got the brains, I've got the looks, or vice versa. Let's make lots of money, that old Pet Shop Boys song. Joseph Stanley, no one wants my ex-girlfriends in here. <laughs> Let us be the judge of that. <laughs> Joseph uh, MDGA make Dan great again <laughs> okay Brian if you're gonna do a political post that's the way to do it just a just a funny okay that's a funny way to do it I guess yes <laughs> thanks for the super chat for the five bucks see that's funny that's political without being political <laughs> I appreciate your humor, Brian T. Um, because, you know, that comment isn't going for one side or the other or anything. It's just, it just acknowledges we're in a political time and it's making a general joke that could go either way, I think. So, you know, let that one stick. But <laughs> Orange Cones, my sister-in-law, not into fish, did a like. Isn't that cheating? It's never cheating. You know how many times Corey's grandma has liked and shared his stream? <laughs> 44 mad guy fish and more hey dan hope you are well i am thank you very much and that the business is going well too it is it's going so well i'm having trouble keeping up honestly it's 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 gangbusters haven't been around a while took a break from streams for a bit hey i don't blame you yeah we all we all go in phases right we're excited about something sometimes we get oversaturated with it need to step back a bit so we don't just burn out and then hit it again i get you like I'm on a weird kick right now where I'm listening to a lot of Julia Child while I'm working in the fish room. I don't know why. I just was in the mood to hear someone tell me how to cook. <laughs> I can't explain it. Chattanooga Ed. There it is. The fox cat ninja punching me in the face. It only costs $5 to punch me in the face. Chattanooga Ed spends it every week. Thanks, Ed. I'm glad you're here. Good to see you. Sakana Katana, what are the fish foods that you feed in the fish room? You know, it, it varies. Um, I'm not a guy that is like sticks to one kind. It's like, this is the best ever. Um, so right now it's extreme curl flake, extreme community blend and extreme nano pellets. I really do like extreme. I'm not paid to say, say that, not sponsored or anything. I just like the ingredients. The fish seem to like it and it feeds out pretty clean. So I am on the bandwagon uh, without any sponsorship or free product or nothing. I just like it. So feed that. I feed Hikari, uh, fiber bites, micro pellets, um, carnivore sinking pellets, um, lots of stuff. I even have like some tetramin and stuff. I, I just feed a wide mix. And I'm not worried about any one food being perfect because I feed so many different ones. On top of that, there's frozen foods, uh, mysis shrimp, brine shrimp, bloodworms. On top of that, there's live foods, baby brine shrimp, scuds, blackworms. So uh, today I fed quite a bit of uh, yellow squash, like zucchini, but the yellow color because it was on sale at Walmart. Um, the magic is the mix. It's just 
there's so many fish with so many different dietary requirements that I don't think you go, here's a food and it's good. I think the key is mix it up. And if a couple of your foods aren't the highest quality, it doesn't matter so much when the other ones are. Like as long as it's all mixing in, you'll be fine. So that's my answer to that. Um, lots of different stuff. Lots of stuff. Gina French is healing me because I got punched in the face by a fox cat with a fox huggy heart. Gina French, that is so cute. Thank you. For those that didn't see, look at that. Look at that love. There you go, Ed. That's the way to treat a gentleman. <laughs> Gina, good to see you. Um, sent your order out today. So let me know tomorrow how everything goes and hope life is treating you well up in the frozen white north. Mickey M, most effective storage way. Put it in the stomach of a very large hungry fish, right? <laughs> yep, that'll do it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Grassy Peaks, how are the new rice fish doing? Got that one. I, I know Grassy Peaks been waiting for a long time. So have some other folks for those rice fish. Andrew Purr, is there a drawback to keeping your fish in an opposite like cycle of daylight? Oh, like having the light on at night and off during the day? I don't think so. The only drawback I think would be if you can't kind of block the daylight during the day. So let's say that they're in your living room and your living room has big windows and it's sunny during the day and then the light's on at night. That could be troublesome because they do need a photo period. I mean, it's natural for them to have a light in a dark period every day, right? They're, they're, they expect that. Their entire system is adjusted to that. So as long, but if you're like in a basement and there's no windows or it's very, very dim when the lights aren't on, um, then yeah, you, they can be down there in the day, keep the lights off. And at night when you're home, like if you're, if that's when you can have the lights on and enjoy your fish, no problem. So as long as they're getting a, a day and night cycle, I don't think there's any problems whatsoever. We, we got up to, we were to like 35 there. That's pretty good. It'll drop now because I said that, but it's like the watch pot never boils. If you look at the viewer count, it always goes down. It's just, it's just, it's a law. It's a law of the universe. Janice Lundberg, the golden white clown minnows arrived on time and alive. They're doing great. Thank you so much. I'm glad to hear that Janice. Congrats for winning those. Um, people were pretty jelly that you won those. So double congrats. And I hope they do well for you long-term. I picked out the six kind of best ones. So I hope they color up and do excellent for you. I'm glad to hear they arrived on time and in good shape. Justin Mosley, do you keep Corey's with shrimp? Yes. Um, I have Corydor's Weitzman eye with uh, cherry shrimp right now. No problems. There's even a couple of plecos in there, Goldie plecos. So far, no problems. Um, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Um, the corridors I know won't be an issue. The, the plecos I'm finding out if it will or will not be. There are some plecos that are more carnivorous. And um, I don't know if that means they kind of more scavenge stuff or if they will actually like pin a live shrimp down and be able to eat it. I don't think they will, though. They just don't quite have the mouth parts to be effective predators. So I think we'll be okay. 
But Corey's for sure. I've, I've never had any problems with Corey's in any kind of caridina or neocaridina shrimp. So your uh, your bee shrimp or your cherry shrimp types. Atrius Kind 173, space 173. Do you know about licorice garamis? Have you ever kept them? Yes, I love licorice garamis. I actually was expecting to get a group in last week, but they were shorted on the order. Um, okay. In my experience, licorice garamis are like wild type bettas. Once they're settled in, they're super hardy or chocolate garamis or samurai garamis or any of those kind of black water species of anabantoids. Once they settle in, they're great, but it's tricky. You have to treat them really well when they're first imported and it takes them a while to get used to tanks. They're all collected from black water systems. So it takes them a while to settle in and get used to our tanks and the pathogens present and, and all that. You can't just take them, import them and dump them in a tank and expect them to just be fine. They need to be kind of medicated through really clean water. They're only going to take live foods for a while. Sometimes the wild ones will never switch well to prepared foods. Sometimes they will, but um, it takes a while, takes some patience. Once that process is done, once they're acclimated and accustomed to aquarium life and uh, settled and know what to eat and all that stuff, then they're as hardy as like a chocolate garami or something like that or a wild type betta. But, but they, they do need kid gloves for the first little while. Yeah, I love them. I think they're fantastic. And when they color up, oof, they're, they're little gems. They're just amazing, amazing fish. Grassy Peak says Yahoo because he's excited about the rice fish. Yep. Jack's Jackson Tax. So rice fish. Yep. This weekend. Um, let me show you guys for those that are unfamiliar. Oh, <laughs> let's see if we can find some pictures. So orange LeMay are orange fish with all these sparkles on them. The LeMay, oops, I did it again, wasn't sharing. The LeMay refers to all these sparkly scales. The orange refers to the body color. So picture something like this or, or something like this, kind of yellow to orange, but with a lot of sparkles on it. And then like here's another LeMay, but it's a different variety with the sparkles. Actually, that might be a Miyuki because it's all kind of up top. Um, so that's the one everyone wants. And then I've also got some really nice white Miyukis, which to me are the prettier one, but everyone likes the LeMays. The Miyukis, um, from across, across the room, they glow. They're just such a bright, they have like a neon white stripe across the top in a white body. Now that neon stripe across the dorsal region is very bright. So I really like them. And then there's a couple wild type rice fish as well. Kind of big ones, ones that get, you know, two, two and a half inches, maybe a little bigger. Rick Lindstrom, the Orange Venezuelan Corey's Youth Center doing great and look amazing. Thanks for the great customer service. You're welcome, Rich, and uh, enjoy. As soon as I can, I'm going to get more of those in. They, they're one of the prettiest Corey's out there. And in my experience, hardy, fun fish. So I am looking for more. I did try to order more of those um, last week and the week before, and I was shorted both times. So I'll keep trying. It's a funky time with fish, with with all the COVID stuff happening. 
and it's always a funky time with fish. Like a lot of suppliers, you place your order and you have no idea what you're going to get. So I'll keep trying. Michael Meliere, struggling with hair algae in my 15 cube. I have a ton of hair algae right down in this 100 gallon tank right now. Um, let me show you this stuff. See all this green? That's all hair algae that's growing out like two, two and a half feet just across the tank. But I haven't taken it out yet because the cherry shrimp really like it. So I'll take it out in a, in a little while because it'll get so thick that it'll just become a problem. But the cherry shrimp like it so much. But anyway, I feel the pain. I know the struggle. In my 15-gallon cube, do you think six auto sinkless? No, would do the trick. The other suggestion, tank is stocked with guppies and a clown pleco. So, no, autosynclus are not good with, like, the filament-type algae, like like the hair algae. Um, they're really good with, like, brown diatom algae, soft algaes on a, on a surface, but stuff that kind of grows up from the surface and out into the water column, uh, I don't think autosynclus are what you want. Um, what you want for that would be something like Florida flagfish. Um, also... Just a standard, um, what can I think of the name? Siamese algae eater, not a Chinese algae eater, not a flying fox, a Siamese algae eater um, would be awesome. Um, oh, and okay, this is a total coincidence. I swear I'm not saying that because of this, but I, I'm going to be listing a bunch of Siamese algae eaters this weekend too for sale. But um, I, I promise that wasn't a setup for that. They're just really good at eating that stuff. Um, a mono shrimp, if you got a whole horde of them in there, would help too. But manually remove what you can easily. And then if you get a, a group of flagfish, careful, flagfish can be a little nippy to other fish. They can be a lot nippy to other fish. Um, Siamese algae eaters, mollies are pretty good at eating algae. Um, Siamese algae eaters for me, though, have been the ultimate algae eater. This tank used to be absolutely clogged with algae. Um, and then Thomas Perkins, was the fish guru, was nice enough to send me three adult Siamese algae eaters. And they cleared that tank up. And hair algae was in there. Blackbeard algae was in there. All kinds of stuff. And it took a few weeks, but I just put them in there and they gradually just chowed down on it. So in my experience, that's the best fish for algae. Oh, you've got a 15-gallon cube, though. The problem with the Siamese algae eater and 50-gallon cube is they get kind of big. So if you have a bigger tank you could move it to later, that would be ideal. Otherwise, you might want to go with flagfish or something like that. Or, or a horde of a mono shrimp, maybe. Depends on what else you have in there. But um, flagfish are nippy, so I, I would suggest a horde of a mono shrimp in a small tank like that. Justin Mosley, do you ever keep Corey's with shrimp? Okay, I already answered that one. Brian Neppel, when you move to the warehouse and bring on help, how do you see the business scaling in a way where you can make more than ramen wages? Um, so this has all been, um, all the math has been done. So we kind of know the profit curve. Now, any business plan goes out the window the moment reality hits, right? Uh, you can only figure out on paper so much. You can only extrapolate so much. But basically, um, each employee we add adds a larger scale of fish we can sell. So right now, let's say that right now I could sell 10 fish a day. I mean, that's not the number, but 10 is an easy number to man manipulate mathematically. So let's say I can sell 10 fish a day. 
If I hire a second employee, now we aren't able to sell just 20 fish a day. Maybe we can sell 30 fish a day. And then if we add a third employee, we're able to sell, say, 45, 50 fish a day. So it's that kind of scalable efficiency where it's not, I can sell 10 fish a day. I hire an employee, they can sell 10 fish a day. Another employee, they can sell 10 fish a day. And the three of us together are only at 30 fish a day. It scales in such a way that each employee brings a, a curved logarithmic value to the equation. So that's, that's how. So higher volume, more efficiently, basically, is how that works. Yep, in no time, we're going to be eating SpaghettiOs. It's going to be amazing. Um, let's see here. Did, oh, did chat freeze? Hang on, let me see what happened. Did the stream kick out? It did. The stream kicked out for a minute. Hopefully, we're all back now. Let's see. Yeah, it looks like it. Okay, cool. So let me get back up here to everything I missed. Um, yeah, that really... Hope that wasn't so bad. Hope that was just a real quick thing. But um, the Fish Tank Barn, good to see you, man. Throwing down five bucks for the tip jar. Another great channel. And Priscilla MK, Dan can grow algae. Yay. Yes, I can. I, I have a talent <laughs> for growing algae. Um, let's see here. Can I find... I want to show people this. I'm sure most people know, but I want to show people that cool project Priscilla's working on. Um, let's see here. Is it listed here? I want to make sure I'm showing the right one. Yes. Okay. So check Priscilla out. She's doing an amazing calendar with her art. Um, just really, really cool stuff. I, I like the, let's see here. So that's the CPD. Where's the, uh, where's the Arapima? or arapaima or however you say that anyway she's got some really cool fish um fish art that you can get in a calendar so check it out check priscilla out and um see if you want to get one i think it's awesome stuff the arapaima is the coolest one i've seen i've seen a lot of arapaima art there's something dramatic about ah, now i have to i gotta find it okay let me find i've got it somewheres let me find it. I gotta show people this thing. It's just awesome. Okay, I think this is it. Yes, yes, here it is. Okay, so check this out. So this is the Arapaima that she has created for her calendar. Look at that. I mean, I mean, my background is in the arts, right? In theater arts, and so a lot of set design, a lot of color coordination, a lot of a lot of that stuff. And I look at this, and I look at the composition, I look at the the kind of drama of it, the movement in it, and I just think it's the best Arapima that I've seen an artist render. So I think it's cool. I think it's, it's fantastic. So Priscilla, I hope you sell a ton of those calendars because for eighteen bucks. For an, okay, you can buy a calendar for two bucks, right? But that's like stock photos. To have an artist sit down and carefully create all the drawings and paintings 
uh, watercolor, I believe is what that is. Um, painstakingly do all that. And then you get an entire year's enjoyment of that for 18 bucks. I think it's a good deal. So Petsonics, $5. It seems like you're ruining your business. Efficient. You're running your business. I I read ruining. It seems like you're ruining your business efficiently. (laughs) So it seems like you're running your business efficiently. Well, I, I get it, Diego. That is funny. I like the punsy. Like the puns. Okay. Hang on. I got to scroll because chat jumped and we'll get to some more of these. 240 folks are here. Thanks for being here, folks. If you wouldn't mind taking a moment to share this out to all your ex-girlfriends, etc. Get more people in here. That'd be that'd be appreciated. No pressure, though. I, I, I don't like the hard sell. But if you're like, oh, I wanted to do that and I just forgot, then here's your reminder. Um, but yeah, we're running the business very efficiently, Petsotics. 10 fish a day. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. I just saw the, the Atrius's comment about liquor scrummies. Here we go. Hiram Santiago. Will you have ram pairs or male and female rams for sale? So right now, the only rams I have for sale are the black rams. Um, I'm not comfortable sexing them. But here they are. I can. Sh- oh no! I, can- I don't even have a picture of them. So we'll do this this way. A couple of them started. <laughs> Here's your black ram. <laughs> Ramirez eye maybe. <laughs> okay, here we go. So I think most of you know what these are, but they're they're a new morph of the of the you know. Ramirez eye um, or Ramirez I suppose that are a dramatic black color with the spangles and the color and the finish and everything so I do have some of those but that's all I have right now and I can't sex them at this time so they're just sold individually um, let's see if someone else on Get Gills does have rams it's a good question oh so there's some cool pistos for sure that are listed. Here's some Rams right here, some Black Knights. Here's some pairs. So um, this store has some Black Ram pairs for 85 bucks, sexed pairs. So if sex pairs are very important to you, um, check those out. Here's some Electric Blues, and here's some German Blues, some Golds, Blues. So yeah, if you get on getgills.com and just type, just type Ram into the search here, You'll see several rams. Hopefully that'll help you out. Okay. Fairlows Aquatics. What dither fish do you recommend for 32-gallon fluval flex with German blue rams? Um, if you're not trying to breed the rams, then I would probably go with... Cardinal Tetras. Um, here's how I would do that. I would make sure that the rams are used to the tank and settled in and know that you mean food. So when you lift the lid and they rush up to the top and you feed them, um, once they get to that point, then I would add the Cardinal Tetras. 
the reason for Cardinal Tetras is, A, they're beautiful. I think their colors and their movements and everything would complement the Rams. They're going to be kind of mid-water, so they're not going to compete with the Rams for space. And uh, they like hot water, like Rams do. So I think that's a good thing. Um, and in a 32-gallon, you can probably get, uh, depending on how it's, what, fluval flex. I'm not sure the dimensions, how wide a fluval flex is. I'm not familiar with all the non-standard tanks. I just know like your standard tank sizes, but um, you could get a, a decent group of Cardinals in there. The reason to wait till the German blue Rams are, are settled before adding the Cardinals is um, if you have a school of Cardinals in there and they're super quick to the food and then you add Rams, the, the Rams are just going to get so outcompeted for food. But once the Rams know that you lift the lid, that means food, they're going to dart right up to the top then I think you'll be good to go. So that's one option. Another option would be some cool killifish like Aplicylus um, Dei. These guys, I, I'm trying to get more in. Um, I've ordered them a couple times and they've been shorted, but you can find these occasionally at your pet store. They're a surface dwelling killifish. So um, they, they like warm water and not all killifish do, but these do. And they stay up at the surface. Ooh, look at that picture. That's a pretty shot. I wonder if that's enhanced. But either way, it's kind of pretty. Um, so surface dwelling killies would be good. I'm trying to figure out if hatchet fish would enjoy the warm temperatures or not. I think so. I had a school of hatchet fish in here for like uh, a couple of years. And the temperature in this tank averages about 82 degrees. So depending on how hot you keep your ram tank, that might be okay. Those are those are some some general thoughts, but something that's in the upper or mid portion and won't outcompete the rams for food because they can be a lot slower to feed than other fish would be uh, would be my vote. John's fish room. Anything cool that is for sale? That is breeding breed for profit. Yeah, the wild type rice fish. Um, actually, all the rice fish are pretty cool and super easy to breed and will be released this weekend for sale. Um, apart from that, um, the wild type bettas. So there's several wild type bettas listed for sale right now at dansfish.com. And those usually command a decent price and are easy to breed. So for a breeding project for profit, I think that, that they're a good one to get into. Um, the nice thing about wild type mouth breeding bettas is the babies are really big. So it makes it easy to raise them. You don't have the issue you have with splendens. We're just trying to figure out how to raise little slivers of glass. Jackson Tax. Oh yeah, yes, yippee. All right, I said something that made Jackson Tax happy, but I'm so far behind in the chat that I don't know what it is. <laughs> Candy Overholes, Michael Wentworth, nice to see you, I agree. Um, oh, this is from Michael Wentworth? Little stretch of weather here, it might be best we get before a hard freeze, I'll give away two trios of El Tigre Endlers tonight. All right, cool. So let me make sure that that is Michael Wentworth and not Candy doing the giveaway. I think that's what that means. Oh, got it. Yes. So I think that that would be cool. Let's do that. So we'll add after we do the drawing for the... Um, $50 gift certificate that remains to be won from the fabulous Rick, a.k.a. Rico Stan. Um, then we'll go ahead and add some, uh, some endlers. Let me make a quick note here of what those, what kind of endlers so that when we get down to that point, I don't 
have trouble remembering two trios of El Tigre endlers from Michael Wentworth. Michael, thanks so much. I think it's super fun when these uh, giveaways take on a life of their own. <laughs> oh, I don't need a pen up there. I'm not working right now. Okay. So you can win some endlers tonight, but we'll make that a separate giveaway in a, at the end here. Okay. Appreciate it, Michael. Thank you so much. Hope things are going well for you. New Mexico Aquatics. Hey, little Bobby. Have you ever bred Krakadon lateralis? I have five babies. That's awesome. You know, I've never kept Krakadon. Um, so, nope. Congratulations. I hope they do well for you. And um, I've seen Krakadon babies. I know they're massive. <laughs> they're more like Krakadon preteens when they're born. <laughs> Tweens. Danny Weshi. I'm about to start on my next project. Cool. A four gallon indoor pond for white clouds. It will be heavily planted and I want to go no filter. I do have a sponge filter ready to go. Any tips? Um, my main tip for ponds is to think of them as aquariums. I think a lot of times we get a pond and we think that's a pond. So it sits there and has its own rules and somehow we'll be fine. But be fine. But the truth is fish in a pond need all the same things fish in an aquarium have. Now I'm not saying you have to have a filter or any of that, but they need the, all the stuff. They need food. They need the biological support system. They need the um, nitrification to happen from ammonia to nitrite to nitrate. They need the cycle going. They, they need all that stuff. So just don't forget that just because it's a pond, you still have to provide the life support for the fish. So that's my main thing. It's just kind of a state of mind rather than anything specific to do. But I think that's fine. Four gallon for a few little white clouds. I think that'd be fine, especially if they're heavily planted tanks. Yeah. You know, something else to consider in a pond like that. Let's see here, four gallons. That's a decent size. Something else to consider might be like a single paradise fish as well. So little group of white clouds or a paradise fish. I think either of those would do okay. And I say that because paradise fish aren't as active as white clouds, so they don't need much space. They, they don't need flow or anything like that. Um, they breathe atmospheric air. They're an anabantoid, so um, they're kind of used to that kind of stagnant type situation. And... Um, and they can take cool temperatures like white clouds. So they can take the same temperature range pretty much as white clouds can. So that's my thoughts on that. I've never tried it, so I don't have great advice for you, but state of mind. Gotta, gotta remember pond fish need, the, need stuff just like aquarium fish. DC Kyle, how would the rice fish do with the red cherry shrimp in an unheated tank? Thinking about staging some inside before moving to a pond in the spring. So they'll do fine with the adult rice shrimp when they're not molting, but rice fish will absolutely attack cherry shrimp um, babies. And like most fish, they'll attack cherry shrimp in molt when their exoskeleton is so soft. So just, I would treat them like you would any other cherry shrimp with any other fish in the tank. Make sure there's places for the cherry shrimp to go hide. Um, 
LRB Aquatics is famous for his rock piles for his shrimp so that when they're molting and stuff, they can go get away where nothing can eat them because they're defenseless when they're molting um, and where the babies can go hang out and they won't all get eaten. So they'll get along as well as, as cherry shrimp will with most small fish. Yeah. I don't think rice fish are like extra cherry shrimp, extra hard at eating cherry shrimp any more than most fish are. So you'll be fine. And temperature wise, it'll be great. They both actually prefer uh, cooler water. So that won't be a problem at all for you. Tisha, throwing down a pile of fertilizer for all you planted tank geeks. We've got some, there's easy fertilizer right there. <laughs> that was easy. Uh, 99 cents super jet. Thanks so much, T-Shot. <laughs> what do we watch with my kids? We watch like the emoji movie or something like that. And, and there's a scene where the poop emoji father and son come out of the bathroom and they're like, we're number two. And I didn't expect it. It had caught my gut the right way and just made me belly laugh. It was just hilarious. <laughs> we're number two. Crown tail half moon. I think you can blend up the hair algae and feed it to scuds or Daphnia. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So what I do with that hair algae is I pull it out. So I take a scrub brush like I don't have it handy as it's back in the fish room always, but I take a scrub brush on a handle, stick it in the algae and twirl it. All the algae gets clumped onto the brush. And then I take the brush and I put it in the scud tank. And uh, yeah, it's great. Now I don't think that Daphnia will eat hair algae because they eat like free, free floating stuff um, like, like green water, but I could be wrong. I've never tried feeding Daphnia with a kind of like benthic algae, just like free floating algae, small little tiny single celled algae bits. <laughs> so the big clumps of it. Sharon Miller, can you get Malai? Oh, how do you say that? Molaiwi? Molaiwi? I'm going to go with Moliwe, maybe Moliwe Crabinsis. They are gorgeous. Let's see. Um, is that just Crabinsis location, Moliwe, or is that a species name or just a common name? Let me look it up here. Okay, it's Pelvicochromus Crabinsis from Moliwe. So we're talking about a location of Crabinsis. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is pretty. That's really unique. That looks kind of like a Taniotis or something like that. So um, I've never uh, I've never looked for that, and it's not on my typical list. No, does it mean I can't get it? No, I mean I can I can dig in and see if one of the Nigerian suppliers or Congo suppliers or something has some. Um, but nope, I've never never seen that fish to my knowledge. Yeah, but I haven't looked either. So, but that's pretty. I can see why you want it. That is a gorgeous, gorgeous fish. Alishan, A-S. Is it Alishan or Alishan? I'm going with Alishan. I finally found a group of flagtail Cory cats, Cory Doris Robinet at a LFS. So that's awesome. I'm glad you found them. I hope they do well for you. That's amazing. I know that species is difficult to find. So good for you. Canada's Aquatics throwing down $4.99 and saying hello. Well, hey, right back at you, the cool lemon. Hey, Bob. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks to you and the rest of the mods for doing the mod work. You guys do a great job. I just 
like every week when you guys just show up and, and do that for free and just help out out of the goodness of your heart. It's uh, it's amazing to me every time. So thanks so much for doing that. Thanks for the four ninety nine and hi right back at you. Hope you're doing really well. Um, I tried to make your stream today. I, I got the half hour warning to when you're going live, but I was meeting with a contractor and I, I just couldn't get to it. But I hope it was well. I'll watch the replay as I as I play in the fish room over the next couple of days. But hope you're doing well, my friend. Good to see you. Ozzy Octane Schmidt. I love this community. Love you guys are fabulous. Yep. I love it too. I think this is the best fish community out there. It's just, it avoids a lot of the pitfalls that a lot of the communities have with all the drama and backbiting and I'm right, you're wrong. And this is the only way to do something and the fish police and all that, all that, that, that stuff. Like, I, I think we've, found a place where um, the fish fam, where people are like, no, we're here to support each other and not pretend we know everything, right? So yeah, I enjoy it too. Okay, chat jumps, so I'm catching up here. Rockford Fishkeeping Pop asks a question. With how many tanks you will have in the new building, how will you transport that much more fish? So, okay. So I've had this discussion with the carriers, with FedEx and UPS. And I basically said, what happens if we sell 500 boxes of fish a day? We're a small town here. Can you handle that? How do we go about making something happen at that scale? Or 5,000 boxes a day? Like, where does the system break down? And... So um, I actually, I talked to my rep and then I went up to the, the regional manager and everything and we got up the chain and um, got the assurance that they'll find a way to make it work. There are some other industries in town that uh, actually do quite a bit of business and they handle that. And they said, well, when you get to a certain size, what we'll do is we'll park a trailer at your building in the morning and you fill it up and then at noon we'll go pick it up and put a new empty trailer there and if you fill it up we'll you know they can just do stuff like that so they're they would be thrilled with that problem so we can move that many fish um i've got assurance at high enough levels from the carriers that we can make it work so and like i mean are we going to get to five thousand boxes a day i don't know that's that's crazy talk but that would be a great problem that to solve, right? But I wanted to make sure before I took investment and uh, from people took their money and went through all the work of making this project happen, that there wasn't some choke point where it's like, hey, we built this great thing and now it can't work because we didn't know that the limit that this local carrier can handle is, you know, 10 boxes a day or whatever, right? So, Yeah. So it's basically working with the carriers as we scale to make sure we have a plan in place to scale together. Priscilla MK, oh, thanks. You're the man. Hey, you're the artist and I love your art. So I'm happy to do it, Priscilla. Um, I hope people go buy all your calendars. 
Orange cones. I grabbed Hubby's cell phone to like. All right. Orange cones. I, I like it. Grabbed all the kids' phones, the Hubby's phones, ran over, stole the neighbor's phone. <laughs> Why does everyone in Orange Cones neighborhood like this stream? <laughs> Thanks so much. 253 folks are here. That's pretty little. That's pretty good for this little engine that could. Um, okay. Hiram Santiago says, thank you. Hey, thanks for the question. I, I love it when you guys participate, ask questions, leave comments for me. Uh, it helps the chat happen. So thank you. And I'm happy to help. Brian P says 40 breeders are at Petco for 50 bucks. Well, it might be worth checking your local Petco because that's a heck of a deal. That's better than I can get them at in bulk at wholesale. So good. That's awesome. That's a very, very good price. Orange cones. I want to see you put that first black um, ram into a plastic bag and send it for 30 bucks shipping. Oh, I've already sold some of the black rams. Um, oh, are you talking about because of my example? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just making up easy numbers for the math. Mickey M found some fry of afiosimian. I could never say this one. Exigium. <laughs> I'm sure that that's not how you say it, but that's a name that I've seen for years and I've only ever read it. I've never heard it. So I don't know how to say it, but exigium in a planted tank after having moved the only remaining fish and male. That's awesome, Mickey. I'm glad you got some babies. Let's show everyone how pretty this fish is. This is a killifish from West Africa and check it out. There's stripes on that sucker. Check that fish out. Ah, oh, killifish. You gotta love them. Oh, it would help if I shared. There you go. There's the fish we're talking about. I don't know which location, but they're all pretty. So congrats on breeding those guys and raising them. And it's always nice. One of the things about killifish is sometimes, so killifish, we do things really poorly sometimes in the killifish hobby. We tend to like buy one pair maybe two pairs, right? And try to get going with that. And so there's this perpetual issue in the killifish hobby where people are like, hey, I have a lone female. Anybody have a lone male and I'll send you my female or you send me my male and then I'll send you some babies. Like it's called the Lonely Hearts Club. And it's just this normal thing in the killifish hobby where it's like, everyone's like, hey, I'm looking for a male or a female. Mine jumped or whatever. And so one of the nice things about killifish is often when that happens, like, if you have a pair and one, you lose one, if you immediately remove the other one and just wait, often fry will appear. And then it's like, okay, good. We can keep going with this fish. So I'm glad you got fry, Mickey M. The old Lonely Hearts Club. Zelf Ernide, how do you store the fish food after taking out of the freezer? Do you need to worry about condensation? No, like, look at this. It's warm now, and so it's like, it's fine. So I don't really worry about it. I mean, it's, there's a little bit of, con see this? It's, there's a little condensation left on this side because this was the side down on the table, but this side is already free of condensation. So um, if you take it out, I've never had a problem. If you're worried about it, you could take it out and not open it until it was warmed up and then it would be fine. But I always just open it right up, put it in a little plastic container with a screw top. And um, I've never seen condensation build up on the inside and be a problem. So hasn't been a problem for me. 
Skipper's Aquariums, sorry, I'm lurking at the moment. Just got home from work. Oh, one of those days, huh? Well, glad you could make it now. And um, yeah, when work's there, work's there. I get it. Michael Wentworth, happy to help. Hey, thank you so much for adding to the giveaway. It's 8.03, so we'll do Rico stands in a bit here. Give away a $50 gift certificate in a little while. Hmm. I'm empty. This could be a problem. Chewy LTD. Hello. The island of Thailand. The blue Danio is from is very interesting island. And many marine species of fish are from that island. Cool. I mean, one day I'll get there. I would love to go visit Thailand. I have a friend that's gone a few times and he's like, yeah, you should go. Like everyone speaks English. It'll be easy. I was like, oh, <laughs> well, that's that makes it easy for me for sure. But um, one day I'll get there. I, I want to go there and see uh, just see it. It seems like such a neat place. And I love me some Thai food. Steve Ehrlich, for that pond, give them an air stone at least. Yeah, yeah, for something in the pond to keep keep it fresh and not super stagnant. Yes. I mean, in nature, there are ponds that, you know, you don't have air stones. You just got plants and stuff. So I'm sure there is a way to do it. But if I was doing it, I would follow that advice. I would drop in an air stone just for some circulation, even if it's just barely bubbling, just, just something happening, especially with white clouds. I mean, they'll, they're so hardy, they'll be fine. But um, where they come from, they have current. So New Mexico aquatics, should I ever see aggression with fundal panchax gardneri? Sure. Between sexes, within sexes. Yeah. Fundal panchax gardneri are constantly sparring if they're healthy and happy. Um, the key is, okay, if you have a small tank and you only have two males in there, you can have five females, but if there's only two males, then they'll constantly be at each other, right? So the key is, if you have a small tank, to just have one male in there. If you have a larger tank, you can get a few males in there and have lots of plants, but once you get like to the point where you have like five, 10 males, then the aggression spread out just fine and you're good. But if you only have two, that subdominant male will eventually get picked on so much that he's just not going to enjoy life. Like you'll notice he'll stay smaller. He won't get as much food. He'll be hiding a lot, things like that. So it's managing aggression. Um, they're not like cichlids or anything like that, but that constant stress can eventually impact the subdominant male uh, to the point where you really have problems. Um, and then the male can be the same way with the females, especially if there's just one pair, like one male, one female. So my favorite way to keep killifish, excuse me, is in groups. I like large groups of killifish, which is weird for the killifish hobby. It's not how it's normally done, but I like large, large groups. Um, you almost never have, there are species that are very aggressive, but with species like gardener and stuff, you almost never have issues if, if you have a number of fish instead of just the proverbial pair that we usually have, or, or two pairs, let's say. So if you're experiencing that, little Bobby, I would suggest, and if it's not just display, there's a lot of display and stuff for breeding and, and hierarchy, but if you're seeing someone actually become stressed, then I would suggest removing one of the fish and giving that, that fish a break. If I only had a pair, I'd keep the sexes separate and just put them together to breed is how I would handle that. 
Jeffrey Watts, have you or can you get stiffed on? What's how do you say that one? Anie, Annie's Gobi, they are beautiful. I think I can. Um, I could look at a list real quick and see. Oh, yes, I can. I know this fish. Yes, I can get this fish in. Um, how much do you want to spend? They ain't cheap. That's that's the issue. So I can definitely get it. Um, it might be 60, 70, 90 bucks a fish. So that's that's why I haven't. But yeah, that is a pretty one. There, there's a lot of fish that I just pass on when I'm looking at the list because I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I'd love to get that. But I'm like, I don't know if I could sell that at that price. Like if I have to order 100 of them, are there 100 people that are willing to spend 60, 70, 90 dollars on whatever fish I'm thinking of? Um, in this case, that stiffen on goby. And, and I'm just guessing. I don't remember what the price was, but I remember it was high, high enough that I was like, ooh, I don't know if there's that many people that would buy that. But it's a pretty fish for sure. Brian Klimazewski, sorry for not getting back with you sooner, but all the rainbows arrived great and are doing well. Awesome. The Frederick Eye and Wapoga looking good. I'm glad, especially the Frederick Eye, because those are pretty darn uh, rare in the hobby. So, uh, I mean, Wapoga I like too, but Wapoga are pretty common. Um, I'm not diminishing their value. I'm just saying when a super rare fish doesn't do well, like the Frederick Eye, then it's like a double whammy. <laughs> so, Canada's Aquatics throwing down $49.99 and giving me, it's not quite the male version of, of Pippi, but the purple, I'm going with dude. The purple dude with pom-poms. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Bob. I really, really appreciate the super chat and the fun sticker. Makes me smile. Uh, Thanks for the second super chat of the night. That's amazing of you. Appreciate it. Okay. Alexandria Rodriguez. Been trying to get some wild-caught bluefin killies to spawn with no luck. I've tried brackish and freshwater. Any advice? Yeah, give them a temperature uh, swing. So uh, in in the wild, they'll experience a bit of a swing, even when they come from, like, the most southern part of the range. So if they're just not going, um, you generally don't need to go brackish with bluefins. That's uh, what... Lacania Goodie. Lacania. Yeah. Here's the fish we're talking about. Lacania Goodie. Um, bluefin Killy. Really pretty fish. Oh, that's that's an amazing picture. Um, they're a fun fish for sure. Little killifish native to the southeastern United States. And um, cool little fish. Um, I would say two things with them. Sometimes, sometimes they might take a little longer to settle in and stuff than like in a funnel of panchaks. They are notorious egg eaters, so they could be spawning just eating all the eggs. But also um, a little temperature swing. So maybe uh, drop the temperature down to, I don't know, 65, 70 degrees, gradually take it down give them a few weeks of that and then bring them up to the mid seventies and see if that triggers them to go. Um, are they eating well? They Lucania Goodier does a lot better on live food. If you're trying to breed, 
uh, they'll plump up a lot more and you'll get more eggs. So those are some thoughts, Alexandria. Darren, sorry I stepped away. If this has been answered, I apologize. What is the smallest tank you recommend putting killifish in? Um, it totally depends. Like if it's a young fish and I'm growing it up and I've only got a few in the batch, I might keep them in a really small little plastic container for for quite a while and just change the water several times a day. I do that to keep the food close to them while they're growing. Um, if you're talking about adults, like a trio or a pear, um, I don't know, you can go with two and a half gallon is fine for a lot of pears. There's a lot of smaller killifish that would do fine in that. You can keep them in a one gallon tank uh, as a pear. Most killifish, it's such a diverse family that some have special needs and stuff, but Generally, a small little killifish that um, doesn't come from like a, a stream environment or a large lake environment or something like that will do fine in, in quite a small tank. Um, they're not a fish that is a, a big swimmer. They like to just kind of hang out. They don't need a lot of swimming room or anything. So a, a lot of killie hobbyists will keep them like a one gallon container and keep a pair in there. Now, for me, Two and a half to five gallons was the smallest I ever kept them in long term, but I've seen other hobbyists do it with smaller tanks. Um, now, they can run into the problems you get with small containers, which is it's harder to keep the water uh, consistently good. If, if something goes wrong, it goes wrong really fast and all that. So it depends on your maintenance and how you take care of stuff. But I would say for the average hobbyist, get yourself a five and a half to 10 gallon tank and you shouldn't have any problems. You can keep a lot of killifish in a 10-gallon tank. All right. Priscilla MK, $2. Everyone stop writing. He will catch up. Hint, hint. I'll never catch up. It ain't going to happen. I. It's not my goal. <laughs> I'm going to be behind half a mile, and that's just how it'll be. Um, I just finally got to Canada's Aquatics. 499 super chat that was left at 7:55 p.m. Um, so that was whew, 18 minutes ago. So yeah, <laughs> I'll never catch up. The Malawi should be able to get from the Congo. Cool. Yeah. Says Steve Ehrlich. That's yeah. That's one I haven't seen, but. One day, hang on, I gotta, I gotta scroll because chat jumped. Chat agrees with Priscilla. <laughs> it's like get down there. I'm like wait, I haven't, I haven't got these other questions and comments yet. I can't just jump down there. Um, oh, chat jumped way before that. So here we go. Isaac Corn Stubble, I need your opinion. I'm hunting down koi. Tuxedo guppies. I found two sellers. First selling a pair for 35 bucks with pictures. Second selling 12 pack of fry for $52 with male pick only. Which one should I get? Um, Isaac, I, I couldn't know. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. If, if it's something where you like, this is my brood stock. These need to be as good as possible. Um, I would check in more. I would email and ask for pictures or videos. Uh, maybe they can do that. I feel like a hypocrite saying that because people will email me and ask for that. And I almost always can't do it. I just don't have time, but maybe they can like 
if, if it's their hobby, you know, instead of their business, it might be easy for them to go do that. It might be fun. Um, so I'd ask for pictures or videos. I'd ask for references. Um, if you're like, these have to be awesome. And, um, I would look at their feedback. Hopefully it's a site where you can get feedback, but that's, you know, you could think of it as you're hiring an employee. How would you go about finding more about the employee before you hired them? Uh, you can kind of take those same steps to, to vet a seller. Um, one of the best ways I think to make sure you're getting high quality guppies is to just go with IFGA strains, like, like true IFGA member breeders, you know, that they've been entered in shows at some point and all that. Um, a lot of people throw that name around and it's like, okay, 20 years ago, someone from IFGA had that strain, but, but it's been a long time. Like you can't call that IFGA. So if you look for like Frank Chang, I don't know if he has Koi Tuxedo Guppies um, and he has a horrible website. Uh, Frank Chang Guppy. What is it? Dr. Chang is there he goes. Um, let's see. This guy. I know this guy. He's a true IFGA breeder. He has amazing amazing fish and um let's see here come on photos uh yeah the website's horrible but if you emailed him and said i'm looking for some of these do you have any or um oh let me uh, put his terrible website here <laughs> i like frank i like his fish but this website that is that is some old news there um if you contacted frank and were like i'm looking for this um do you know of a good source? That's probably the better way to do that. Or go to any of the super nerd out guppy groups or um, the um, ALA, the American Library Association, something like that. So I guess starting with a reputable source instead of being like, well, I saw these. How am I going to find out if they're reputable? Might be a better route. So those are my thoughts. Um, you could vet the seller if you don't know if they're reputable by treating them like an employee, or you could start at a reputable place and go from there. So those are my thoughts. Sorry, it's not a quick answer. <laughs> when have I ever given a quick answer? Let's be honest. <laughs> Moonstone Aquatics says slick, great info on moving fish. 10 a day. <laughs> Garen, what is the smallest tank you recommend putting killifish in? Okay. I already got that. Cause chat jumped. Um, <laughs> the first black ram was the vehicle. <laughs> Tree LTD. There are a few that do not speak English, though. Oh, in Thailand? Oh, I expect. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, I'm going to their country. They don't have a, any kind of uh, obligation to speak my language. I'm going there. But uh, he, I was just surprised when he told me that when he was there, so many people did speak English that he was able to communicate without any problem. He doesn't know Thai. So it was just something where I was like, oh, well, that makes it a lot easier. New Mexico Aquatics, when I pull the three adult funnel panchax garden right out of a five gallon with marbles on the bottom, how long until the babies show up in the tank? Minimum days, maximum? Um, I would say minimum. Oh, I'm going off memory here. I'm going with two weeks. Ten days to two weeks minimum is what I'm guessing. Um, oh, I haven't water incubated funnel panchax eggs in so long. 
I might be a little off on that, but that's what I'm going to say. Stephen West, I love your live stream. A fishmonger in the UK is someone who sells fish for eating. Keep growing. Can't wait for international shipping. Yeah, I, I know that. Um, I know a fishmonger is typically somewhere where you go buy cooking fish from. But really, a monger is a seller. Fishmonger, someone that sells fish. It's just that the term fishmonger came about before people had aquariums, right? It's an ancient term. And so that was the person you bought your food fish from. So I get it. It's the fish seller is all fishmonger means. But um, so the reason I, I say fishmonger is because I come from the theater and I love that line where Hamlet says the water fishmonger when he's playing with folks heads. And so uh, it's stuck in my head. So I just use it. I blame the theater <laughs> for most things. <laughs> Did I see Hoon Aquatics here? Oh, there are a hey, Hoon Aquatics. Good to see you. Says the, how do you say that? Annie are my favorite stiffidon in the fish room. They're beautiful. Oh yeah. I mean, man, they look awesome. Bentley said his Freddies are doing well as well. Awesome. Patiently waiting on color. Oh yeah. It'll be a little while before those get some color. Absolutely. So we're talking about uh, Frederick Eye, the, the rainbow fish. Kind of hard to find, and Bentley was able to get some. Deb Hall D. How is the run show Denny Puffer doing? He's doing pretty good. Um, I got a little scare. It looked like he might have had some worms uh, that were extruding. I'm not sure. It might have just been a bowel movement. I couldn't tell for sure, but I started a, another round of uh, Levamisol just to be sure. So I, I need to give it a little longer. But he's acting fine. He's plump. He's eating fine. Um, and I, again, I could be totally wrong, but I saw something that I was like, "Ooh, oh, I better, I better do another, another stint on that." So it'll be a little while longer. I'm sorry. All right. Hang on, I'm trying to find where we're at. It keeps jumping, jumping, jumping on me. Yep, chat jumped big time. We're going to do the giveaway. So we're going to give away a second $50 gift certificate right now. As soon as I find the chat. <laughs> Sheesh. Okay, I think, I think I'm where I need to be now. Yes, Atreus Kind 173 Space 173. Before I get to that, though, we're going to do a giveaway. The person who has so kindly provided $100 worth of gift certificates for tonight's giveaway is Rico Stan. This is Rico Stan's channel. It's a new channel, um, just kind of starting. So take a minute to check him out here. Um, Rick, aka Rico Stan, and um, check out his Instagram as well. Um, we gave away one of the $50 certificates early on in the live stream to, uh, I guess, to reward folks that are here early all the time. Um, and then now we're going to give the second $50 giveaway right here. After that, we'll do the giveaway for Michael Wentworth's two trios of El Tigre Endlers. But for now, 50 bucks goes to Koi Fish. Koi Fish, you've got one minute to let us know you're here. And while you're doing that, I'm going to go get a drink because my voice is scratchy.
All right. Hey, I arrived just in time. Koi Fish says, wow, I'm here. I saw that pop up right when I sat back down. So congratulations. If you would please send an email to dan at dancefish.com. Say, hey, I'm Koi Fish. I won the second $50 giveaway. Um, then I'll send you the gift certificate. Rico Stan, thanks again for providing that. I think that's awesome. Makes for a fun night. And now, hmm, the next giveaway of the night is uh, Michael Wentworth giving away two trios of El Tigre Endlers. So let's give a hashtag for that. And that will be hashtag El Tigre. That's fun and easy. El Tigre, E-L-Tigre. So if you would like to win some El Tigre Endlers, two trios, there we go. Hashtag El Tigre. No space, just El Tigre, no spaces. Hashtag E-L-T-I-G-R-E. All right. So while we're waiting for folks to put in the hashtag to win the Endlers, we'll get to Atreus's question. Do you know if Tetras like high flow in tanks? Atreus, there's so many different kinds of Tetras from so many different kinds of habitats. That's a difficult question for me to answer um, in a blanket response. But when I think of the ones that are commonly available in the hobby, I would say most of them enjoy some flow. The way I would set it up is so a portion of the tank has decent flow, not like a hill stream, not a torrent, but good movement. And then a portion of the tank doesn't. So they can go up and play in the flow. And then if they want to break, they can go hang out where it's a little calmer and give them the best of both worlds. Garen, my plan is to put them in a 10 gallon. Thanks for the feedback. Oh, you're welcome. I think a 10 gallon will be more than enough. <laughs> Lee is making brownies because I have so much time to catch up. Well, by the time I catch up, they should be ready and we can all share them. They will smell delicious. Andrew Purr, if you are swapping everything from one tank to another, tank upgrade, should I cut back on feeding? Yes, absolutely. So anytime you do a major change to your tank or your system or anything, um, before I did the change, I would do a, a, a cleaning, like your standard clean the filter or whatever. I'm not saying disrupt it, but whatever you do for normal maintenance, I would do that just so that the system's running as well as it can run. And then I'd wait a day or two, and then I would make the big change, and I would definitely cut back on feeding. Because if you did throw off the cycle or give a big shock to the, to the uh, system, you don't want to overload it. So definitely I would cut down and gradually build back up to uh, the normal amount of feeding. I, I, I do that anytime I make a major change in an aquarium. <laughs> Orange cones, we all want to know what the wife spends the super chat money on. Why ramen, of course, ramen noodles. Matt Calloway, hi Dan, there are so many different killifish, fish, it's overwhelming. Is there an easy way to tell which killies are top dwellers? Thanks, yes. Look at their shape. So, uh, 
This is a fun question. Okay. Let me show you some things that will help. By the way, most Achilles, less so for the true annuals, like Nothobronchius, Sinolebius, um, the Astrofundalus, those kinds of groups. But most Achilles, if there's cover at the surface, if there's floating plants, like water sprite's great because it has long enough roots that they can really get up in there. Duckweed kind of just covers the surface, but it doesn't have anything coming down they can kind of get into and hang out in. Um, <laughs> my son just got home. Could you all hear that? Okay. So let me just show you a couple things here. So this will probably, so, so most killies that aren't true annuals will stay at the surface more or less naturally if there's cover up there. Hang on. I got to remind my son that I'm live streaming because he's stomping around like an elephant. I'll be right back. Poor guy, he was pretty chagrined. He was like, oh, <laughs> totally forgot. Um, okay, just a sec. I'm almost ready to show you this. Okay, here we go. So, a general way to tell is if you look at the body shape. This is a true annual. These are nothobronchius. If you look at the shape, the top of the fish isn't like flat. And the, sh the fish isn't like a torpedo shape, more or less, right? It's kind of rounded. These are not true surface dwellers. These kind of hang out on the bottom, more or less. Did the light just go out? Oh, yeah. You know why? The daylight hour changed and I didn't change the timer yet. But if you look at this, this is a group of fish. These are epiplates that do hang out on the surface. If you, if you notice, they're pretty darn flat across the top. They're elongated and they look kind of like a pike, right? So they're, and they have a very much an up-facing mouth. So these, oh, we all know the clown killie, right? Where was that picture of the clown killie? Um, we all know the clown killie. Same kind of thing. Pretty flat, narrow, up-facing mouth. So just by looking at the fish, you can kind of tell by the body shape if it's kind of up, it, it's nice and flat so it can be flush with the surface. So that's one way to do it. But in general, I would say most aphiosimians um, hang out all over the tank and will love to be at the surface if there's cover up there. Most epiplates and aplicylus want to be at the surface. Um, most of your lamp eyes will that you can commonly get will kind of swim everywhere but if there's cover at the surface they'll like to be up there your uh, uh procatopus species and things like that like to be up at the surface um although they'll go everywhere but they'll return to the surface frequently but if you're looking for a surface fish epiplates or aplicylus um if you're looking for a bottom fish nothobranchius sinolebius astrofundalus they'll go everywhere but they tend to hang down at the bottom more so that's kind of my thoughts on that.
Two ELTD, we have to promote the Congo. Yes, there's amazing fish in the Congo for sure. Oh, we're at 8.31. Oh, we're done. I didn't realize time had flown so quickly. Um, in that case, let's give away these El Tigre live bears. The winner is the Zen Ginger. Hey, that makes me happy. Oh, I got to show you this. Sorry. The Zen Ginger, that makes me happy because the Zen Ginger is a <laughs> amazing member of this community. It makes me chuckle with a lot of her posts. So, Ginger, if you are here, chime in. You are here. I knew you would be. If you would send me an email, dan at dancefish.com, I'm the Zen Ginger I won, then I will connect you via email with Michael Wentworth so you can get those um, El Tigre Endlers mailed to you. All right. Awesome. That was fun. Thank you, Michael Wentworth, for adding to the giveaway. Moonstone Aquatics throwing down $5 for SpaghettiO money. All right. We're on our way. <laughs> if Next time people come over for the camping trip, instead of a big barbecue, I'm just going to make ramen and SpaghettiOs. <laughs> How do you like them apples? <laughs> no. Before we sign off here, um, I can't remember if Punchy Paints is going next or not. Um, so let's see. But if she is, I'd like to send people over there. Um, kind of out on the loop on how, how Pam's doing, actually. Hopefully she's doing okay. Punchy Paints, are you going next? If so, I'd like to promote you. If not, I'd like to let people know. But while we're waiting for Punchy Paints, thank you so much to Rico Stan, uh, Rick, for the two $50 gift certificates that we gave away tonight. That was pretty cool. I think that was exciting. Um, thanks to everyone that left a super chat. Thanks to my amazing mods, including Punchy Paints, who is going to live stream next. So at nine o'clock in 27 minutes, you can get more fish talk at Punchy Paints YouTube channel on her live stream. Um, thanks to everyone that participated in the chat. All you lurkers, I'm with you. Hail the lurker nation. Everyone watching on the replay, hopefully you can get here live sometime. It would be nice to be with you in real time. But until then, I hope you're doing well. Everybody, take care of yourselves. I hope you're doing all well, all doing well. Um, I know it's a, a little bit of a strange time and a lot of people are really stressed about politics right now, but uh, just go watch your tank, chill out. It'll be okay. And until next one, till the next one, I can't even talk. Until next time, have a good one. Bye-bye. There, I did it. <laughs> oh, wait, we got, we got one more. Kez Aquatics throwing down. Oh, no, that's funny. Bob Kaler, your $49 super chat just popped up. Like just now. That's weird. Anyway, thanks again, Bob, for that. Um, okay, good night. Bye-bye. For realsies this time.